So glad to have you. This is a great day to be in God's house as we're continuing this series here, as we're looking at the book of James, being real because fake is exhausting. And, and uh, what we're seeing from this is that James is trying to protect us from falling into the trap of fake Christianity. What we're learning is that there is a faith that does not save and so the devil wants us to pretend. He wants us to play games. He wants us to play spiritual games. He wants us to be uh, religious fakes or phonies. And so James just tackles this head on right out of the gate. We learned last week how he talks about how to keep it real even when you're going through trials. So James says, it's going to be hard at times living for Jesus, but you need to persevere. And here's how you can persevere, why you should persevere. And now we come to this week, and we're looking at how to have real victory over temptation. How to have real victory over temptation. And as we look at this, I'm going to need a little bit of help as we jump into our talk for today. So I'm going to ask my buddy, my good friend, Pastor Bo Dore, to come on up. If you would, please, Pastor Bo. Here he is right here, our youth pastor here at the Oklahoma City campus. Come on, give it up for Pastor Bo as he comes up to join us. What's up, my brother? Hey, man, you game to help me out here a little bit today. All right, why don't you have a seat right over here? And I don't know if a little something caught your eye as you came walking over here, but uh, somebody somewhere say Krispy Kreme, would you? Now listen, man, you're a great youth pastor. You're doing a great job. Maybe you haven't had a chance to meet Pastor Bo, but uh, he's been on our, our staff now for, well, I guess about six or seven months at this point and uh, making uh, just uh, such an impact for all of our students. He's an amazing youth pastor. Man, I just wanted to bless you. I just wanted, do you like donuts, by the way? That's a good thing because this would have been a horrible illustration if you don't like donuts. You like Krispy Kreme in particular? All right, well, man, you open it up. And you just go for it, all right? Just, you just enjoy it. Now, when you talk about Krispy Kreme, um, you remember in the Bible where it says that God gave the people of Israel manna? He fed them with heavenly bread. You remember that? In the original language, it says Krispy Kreme. It's really cool. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, I think they're going to be serving Krispy Kreme. So this is just good. So while you go ahead and enjoy that modern-day manna, let's look at James chapter 1, all right? James chapter 1, verse 13, we're talking about how to have real victory over temptation. James says, when tempted, somebody say, when tempted. This is kind of familiar verbiage to what he said about trials. He said, whenever, not if ever. And now as it comes to temptation, he says, when tempted, not if tempted. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person, somebody say, each person. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire. Somebody say, own evil desire. By their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Now, James has just said a lot in just a couple of verses. There is a lot of information packed in those couple of verses that we just read right there. The first thing I would just pull out as a key thought, number one, is this, is that temptation is a reality for everyone. So it doesn't matter how dressed up the person next to you is today and how much they're smiling or how loud they're singing. I want you to know they battle with temptation. 
Every single one of us do. James chapter 1, verse 13 says, when tempted. Somebody say, when tempted. And as many different sins as there are, there are that many different temptations. We are tempted to lie. We are tempted to steal. We are tempted to commit adultery. We are committed to kill. And, and sometimes we hear all those and we think, well, those are the big list. You know, the, those are the big ones. But we're also tempted in so many different other ways. Tempted to be self-reliant. Tempted to be proud. Tempted to be lazy. Come on, don't shout me down. Tempted to spend more than we bring in. Tempted to try and impress other people. Tempted to skip out on the stuff that God wants us to participate in. Tempted to get bitter. Tempted to, tempted to harbor unforgiveness. So you don't need to fall for the lie that if you would just be more spiritual, you wouldn't face temptation. I found in my life the closer I get to God, the more I, aware, uh, I become of my temptations. So you don't need to feel guilty about being tempted, because look at this next thought here. We see this in verses 13 and 14. It's kind of this progression. Right down number two, it's this. It's not a sin to be tempted. So it's not a matter of if I was more spiritual, I, I wouldn't face temptation. I mean, even the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 7, he said, the things I don't want to do, that's what I do. The things that I want to do, I don't do those things. Can anybody else relate to that? He talks about how there's a struggle, there's this battle going on inside. But what we also learn is just because there's a struggle with temptation doesn't mean that you have to fail and give in to temptation. It is not a sin to be tempted. Billy Graham once said this, and I love the way he, he worded this. He says, you can't do anything about a bird flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair. See, there's something you can't do anything about temptation coming your way in some cases. Now, some, some of you going knocking, you're looking for temptation. Don't blame that on Jesus, all right? That's you. But just because you face temptation doesn't mean you've done anything bad and you don't need to beat yourself up because it's not a sin to be tempted. Number three, this is another thought we pull out of. You see this in verse 14, but the power of the temptation comes from within our own hearts. James chapter 1, verse 14, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their, what did we say, own evil desire and enticed. In other words, the power is not in the bait of the temptation. Catch this. You're battling with temptation. You find yourself struggling with temptation. You find yourself losing the battle with temptation. What you have to understand, James just said this, the power is not in the bait the battle is with the desire from within us, and that's not bad news, that's good news. In other words, I'm not a victim of something that's outside of me. Remember that old uh, Pixar movie years ago, A Bug's Life? Do you remember that? And I, I, I like that part to where the bug sees that light zapper, and he's going towards the bug zapper. You remember what I'm talking about? And his friend says, no, don't look at the light. And the bug responds back and says, I can't help it. You know, and kids are traumatized the rest of their life from watching the book. But what it is, it's like, I can't help it. It's something outside of me drawing. And James says, it's not the power in the bait. It's from the desire within. So I like that because that means I can do something about my desires. 
I've got to be careful. The power of the temptation is not outside of me. It's, it's, it's really in the desire that's inside of me. And here's the best news of it all. You can have real victory over temptation. Satan would, he would rather you think that you can just pretend like the temptation is not that big of a deal. Satan would prefer that you just uh, pretend like you can flirt with it and get away with it. You can play with fire without getting burned. James says, you mess with this, temptation leads to sin and sin to death. How's that for being blunt? James just calls it like it is. He's keeping it real. But what we also know is you don't have to give in. You can, hear this, you can have victory over temptation. Look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Any temptation, catch that, any, all, all of them, any temptation you face will be nothing new. But God is faithful, and he will not let you, man, I love this, get this in your spirit. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. But he will always, somebody say always, he will always provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure and keep moving forward. Isn't that good? Yeah, temptation is always going to be there. But God's promise is this. He will never allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. And some of you are feeling like, I think he missed one over here because this one's a little too hard. This one's a little too difficult. I keep falling. I keep giving in. He always, always, always provides a way out. Some of you are like, well, I can't find the window. I can't find the door. I can't find anything. Listen, this is why it's good that you study the Word of God because James is about to give us some practical, practical teaching on how to have real victory over temptation. How you doing, my main man? How many of you had? Number three. Woo. Have you ever eaten a dozen before? Me either, me either. But you know if you wanted to today, today's your day. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whether eating or drinking, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. Now, you're going to have to repent after you <laughs> eat all that. But, but you feeling all right, though? <laughs> it would be better with a glass of milk. I bet it would. Krispy Kreme, I don't have any milk. I don't. I do have a bottled water. I don't have any milk. I got some bottled water. Okay, let's get real practical here with James. If you can have real victory, see, the devil will mess with you. Now, come on. I, it's not very often the preacher prays the role of the devil, but let me just tell you, the devil will mess with you. How do you have real victory over temptation? Number one, don't buy the lie. How many of you know that the devil is a liar? Come on, how many of you know the devil is a liar? John chapter 8 says that when he lies, he's speaking his native language, that he's the father of lies. He masquerades like an angel of light. He is referred to in scripture as the deceiver. He said to Adam and Eve way back in the garden, you won't surely die, even though God had said you eat of that free, uh, the fruit of the tree, you're going to die. The devil comes and like, you're not going to die. He's a deceiver. 
He wants to deceive you. He wants to trick you. Listen, you want to have real victory over temptation? See it for what it is. Don't buy the lie. Anybody ever gotten ripped off before? Wave at me if you've ever gotten ripped off before. You ordered something online. It looked so great, so glamorous, so sparkly, so wonderful, you know, whatever it was. And, and you get it, and, and it's a piece of junk. You ever had something like that happen before? It lasts for 30 seconds, you know, or maybe you book something online. You know, oh, that's going to be nice. Oh, I love the beach. And you get there and it, it, it's not even close to the beach, you know, and, and it's not even close to a pond. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, man, I got ripped off. I had a friend one time who went to New York City, and he got a steal of a deal on a video camera until he got home bragging about it and opened it up, and he didn't have a video camera. He had a rock, you know, inside that box, and he got ripped off. He was mad. I thought it was funny, but he felt hurt. He was upset. Nobody likes to get ripped off. Can I just, can we expose the devil for who he is and what he is right now? And can you know that one of the keys to victory over temptation is that you would see it for what it is and that you would not take the bait, you would not buy the lie? But listen, Satan will serve you sin in the flavor of your choice. See, what he does is he taps into something he knows that we want. And he goes, how's everything going? Doing great. He's like, you thirsty, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a little bit thirsty. Well, you know what? I got some good, refreshing water right here. And, and some of you guys, you watching him eating these uh, Krispy Kreme right now, and you're starting to get thirsty. Just watching him, you're going... Give the man a drink, you know, and you're, t but how many guys know that the devil watches for you in your weakness? He watches for you in your vulnerability. He watches for you when you get tired. He watches for you when you feel discouraged. He watches for you when you are at your weakest moment. And he comes and he makes everything look so sparkly and so good. But you know what? If I were to say to Bo, Bo, I'll give you this water right here, but here's only one catch. Now, the devil doesn't give you the fine print. But because I'm a man of God, I'm going to give you the fine print, all right? If I were to say to you that here's water, you're thirsty, but fine print, before service, I put some cyanide in this thing. Now, you can't see it, but it'll kill you. Would you want this water? See, that's why you're the youth pastor, full of wisdom, man of God right there. That's why we got him working with our students right there. He wouldn't want, but I thought that you were thirsty. Yeah, but I don't want to die. I'm not going to believe the trap. And a lot of times that's what we do is we, 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 we don't see the, the, the trap for what it is. We see the beauty of the bait, the enticement, the lure is there. And what Satan does is he takes our desire combined with his deception to lead us to a place of destruction. So even if I said to both fine print, but if I were to say it's not going to kill you right away, you'll last another five minutes, it still wouldn't be a good deal, would it? But see, the enemy wants to point out and say, there's somebody over here doing that, and they hadn't gotten burned. And we start buying the lie. No matter how enjoyable, no matter how colorful, no matter how enticing. Listen, we are better off saying the devil is a liar. I see the trap for what it is. Whenever the enemy tries to tell you that you'd be better off in a relationship with someone other than your spouse, you need to break your vow. You need to see that trap for what it is and don't buy the lie. Whenever Satan tells you to think that you're better off lying than telling the truth, you need to see the trap for what it is and don't buy the lie. Whenever you feel like uh, maybe pastors up here preaching 
teaching on, on group life and getting involved in a small group and how we shouldn't do life alone. And the enemy's right there tempting you to say, you're not the small group type. You don't need that little kumbaya circle. You know, you're better off on your own. He tries to tempt you to be isolated. You need to not buy the lie. See truth for what it is. But when the Satan shows up to lie to you, don't buy the lie. Let me give you a second thing. Not just that you're aware of it, but number two, despise the disguise. Despise it. Hate it. Let it tick you off. I mean, part of the key to winning the struggle with temptation is not only seeing the lie for what it is, but also allowing that awareness to make you mad. I mean, here's, here's a story in the Bible. Anybody heard of the story in the Bible named Samson? Wave at me, the story of Samson. You, ever, you remember that one? I love that story in the Bible. There's one part of it, though, I still can never get my mind around. And that is how Samson kept flirting with temptation over and over, even when we're all reading it going, come on, bro, use your head. Come on, just think about this for a minute. If you're unfamiliar with the story, Samson was, was anointed by God. He was set apart, had made a Nazarite vow with God, and so he was not going to drink any wine or he was not going to shave his, his head or cut his hair. And so God uh, it took this Nazarite vow and this covenant relationship with Samson, and his spirit would come on Samson. Samson was stronger than any other man. And then the Bible says that there came along this woman by the name of Delilah. So you can't just say Delilah when you're talking about Delilah. And it says that Samson fell in love with a woman whose name was Delilah. He falls in love with her, and they're uh, on a date. And Delilah's like, I just, I'm just curious, just, I'm just wondering, if somebody was going to subdue you. Now, how many of you guys know you're on a date and some woman's asking because his, his enemy was the Philistines. The Philistines had set up this relationship. They had sent Delilah to find out his secret so they could kill him. She says, just curious, if somebody was going to kill you, what's probably the best shot? How would they go about it? And I'm thinking Samson would be like, well, that's kind of a weird question, you know, I'm, where are you coming from with that? But instead, he doesn't tell her the actual truth, but he flirts with it. He toys with it. He makes up something. Oh, yeah, if you did this, I'd be as weak as any other man. She's like, oh, that's cool. I was just interested. Ooh, I'm tired. I think I'm going to take a nap. You going to take a nap? Yeah, let's take a nap. They go to sleep. She runs and she tells, oh, this is what, oh, this is a secret. And then she goes, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But because he didn't give away his real secret, he jumps up, breaks bad, beats the Philistines up. They go running off. And now Delilah's sitting there and she said, and I thought that you loved me. You lied to me. Now, if I'm reading this, I'm expecting Samson to go, well, that's kind of interesting because I got a couple of questions myself. You're the only one I told that to. Huh. And then that happened. Weird. But you know what's really strange is she says, you lied to me. So seriously, though, if somebody wanted to kill you, how would they do it? And Samson toys with it. He flirts with it. And he makes up another story. It wasn't the truth, but he makes something up. And she's like, oh, whoa, whoa, I'm not tired again. What are you thinking? Goes to sleep, and 
She carries that out, gets the Philistines. They come back. He jumps up and breaks bad. Time, time again. And after Samson jumps up and does it, she comes back and says, how can you say you love me? How can you say you care about me? I'm going, Samson, come on. At some point, she'd go, woman, you messed up, all right? This is over. I see what you're trying to do. I'm not stepping in this. But he kept on, and he kept on, and he kept on until it says she finally wore him down. Can I just tell you, when you enter into temptation lightly, Some of you are aware of what it is, but because you don't hate it, you don't despise it, you don't abhor it, you pretend like you can play with fire without getting burned. And the devil's going, keep coming. A little closer, a little closer, a little closer, gotcha. Despise the disguise. Romans chapter 12 and verse 9 says this, hate what is evil. Somebody say hate it. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. It is rare that you ever read in Scripture and God's telling you to hate something. But did you know that when it comes to anything that's going to pull you away from him, he says hate it. Don't just see the beauty of the bait. See the pain of the trap. Don't flirt with it. Don't toy with it. Despise it. Despise the thought of becoming addicted or relapsing. Despise the thought of compromising your walk with God. Despise the thought of losing your job because of a dishonest expense report. Despise the thought of your marriage being destroyed because you toyed with flirtation. Despise it. Hate the thought of it. Despise the disguise. I'm not saying that emotion is enough by itself, but I am saying this. Work it to your advantage. See it for what it is and let it tick you off if it comes between you and God's plan for your life. Let me give you the third and the final thing, and then we'll wrap up. Number three, how to have real victory over temptation. If you don't want to fall, don't dance where it's wet. If you don't want to fall, Don't dance where it's wet. You ever seen those little signs that they put up when they're mopping in the hallway or in a lobby area? and The little yellow signs, it's slippery when wet, and and you see that. So, you know, just by nature, it could be dry, you know, an hour ago, but you still start taking those steady steps, you know, those steps that are firm to get around it. Why is it when it comes to spiritually speaking and God's going, be careful, avoid this, run from this, stay away from this. Not only do we continue down that path, but we'll get over there and start dancing all around, and then when we end up flat on our back we go how did this happen if you don't want to fall don't dance where it is wet but you can take steps that are firm what does it mean to take steps that are firm it means you guard the gates of your life Guard your eyes, guard your ears, guard your mind, guard your heart. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 31 says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. James says, these evil desires in you, combined with Satan's deception, lead to your destruction. So you've got to win the battle within. How can I win the battle within? By watching comes in, what comes into my eye gates, my ear gates. Guard your heart. How do you take steps that are firm? Get help. Some of you are battling it by yourself and you're losing because you're trying to do it on your own. You know what happens to darkness when you shine a light on it? Light wins every single time. Some of you are like, I don't want anybody else to know. Well, when you are isolated like that, the devil's got you picked off one-on-one, you're going down. 
But when you come together with the body of Christ, the family of God, the army of God, with the spirit of God living in you, and you've determined that I'm not going to walk this walk by myself, the devil doesn't stand a chance. Who can you go to? Who can you talk to? Like, I don't want anybody to know. At some point, everybody will know. You'd be wiser to go to someone you can trust and let them get you help. How do you take steps that are firm? You get into the Word of God, and you get the Word of God into you. Are you seeing what Scripture has to say about that? Are you seeing what Scripture's promises are about how to battle that or how to get victory over that? Are you in the Word of God? Are you getting the Word of God into you? How do you take steps that are firm? Avoiding people, places, and things that hurt you. Avoid people, places, and things that hurt you. In other words, listen. Some of you, you're like, I don't know how it happened. I just went to watch the game. I fell back into drinking. Well, if you struggle with drinking in the past and you want to watch the game, don't go to the bar to watch the game. I don't know how it happened. I just. If you don't want to fall, don't dance where it's wet. Think about it. Some of you are battling with fear. You're battling with anxiety. You're battling with panic attacks. Quit watching horror movies before you go to sleep at night. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Wake up with nightmares. Freddy Krueger. Stop watching horror movies before you go to bed at night. Quit listening to bad advice from people who aren't following God's good word. Take steps that are firm. Who are you listening to? Who are you paying attention to? For some of you, the most spiritual thing that you could do is unfriend some people on your social media. You're toying with it. You're flirting with it. The devil is setting you up. See it for what it is. Don't buy the lie. Let it tick you off and then avoid that path. Change jobs. Delete that number from your phone. Take a different route. Whatever you need to do, you're like, that's extreme. The devil will go to extreme levels and effort to destroy your life. You need to go through extreme levels to protect your life. It's not a matter of depriving yourself. Listen to this, and I'm going to close with this point. It's not a matter of depriving yourself from what you think you want as defined by the devil. But instead, it's a matter of focusing on what is even better for you as defined by God. I mean, if I could leave you with one key thought on how to overcome temptation and have real victory, it would be don't sit there at the, at the window of Krispy Kreme staring at the conveyor belt as the donuts come off and go under that icing. And you're going, I can do this. I can do this. Some of you are like, I, I won't even stop if that red light isn't hot now. You know what hot now is, don't you? I won't even stop. Lord, if it's your will, I pray that that red light will be on. And I'm going to keep circling until that light comes on. If you don't want to fall, don't dance where it's wet. But if you're staring at it coming off the conveyor belt and you're like, I won't eat one. I won't eat one. No, you're going to eat 50 is what you're going to do. Get out of there. But you fill yourself up on what is good. How you doing, my man? You doing all right? Hey, I know you like donuts, all right? So let me just, let me just tell you what I got in here, all right? This is going to make your day, bro. I got me one, two, three, four, five, six, 
six, seven powder donuts I found in my back of my car from like six weeks ago. My kids had left it under the seat. But because I know you like donuts, I'll give this to you. You're good. You don't want it. You know what's hilarious? Is that the devil's coming to some of you some of the cheap, counterfeit, nasty, good for nothing, and you think you're getting a good deal? And what I'm telling you is, instead of coming and staring at the donuts and just going, well, I, I might, you know what, how many guys know when you start feeding up on the good stuff, the God stuff, the real stuff, and then the devil shows up with the nasty stuff, you say, no, thank you, I've already eaten. Come on, if you feed on the Word of God, if you get around the people of God, if you're faithful to the house of God, when the devil shows up to tempt you, you say, I've already eaten, I'm already full. The key to real victory over temptation is not you being strong enough on your own, but you being full enough, satisfied with what God has for you. I've been messing with you all day, bro. There's some bottled water right there. Go ahead and drink it. But God will fill you. He will fulfill you, and he will refresh you if you will stay at his table and eat what he wants you to eat. God will always give you the strength to have victory over the counterfeit. I'm going to close in prayer. I just wonder, what is it that God's speaking to your heart about? He's saying you're settling for and that stuff is laced with stuff that will kill you. He's calling you to his table. You're struggling with your marriage and the devil's over here going, hey, hey. What about instead of getting focused on the wrong distraction, temptation, what if you started focusing on investing in your own marriage and saying, God, I'm going to follow your word for my marriage and I'm trusting you that that will fulfill and satisfy. I believe that you'll honor your word. What if instead of when you start battling like with, with, with maybe going against what God says even about your finances, if you're struggling with greed, materialism, or having a hard time giving, instead of buying the lie of what the devil says and thinking the more you have, the happier you'll be, what if you started following God's word and say, God, I'm going to feed on your word. Your word says do this. And watch God give you victory all through your life as you step out and do what he tells you to do. What is the area? What is the, the, the temptation? What is the spot? I would encourage you, when you're tempted to skip your Bible reading, that's when you need to read it the most. When you are tempted to say, I'm going through something that's difficult, I don't feel like worshiping God, I do this. I'm not even joking around. It may seem silly to you, but I'm telling you, this is what I do. When I don't feel like praising God, that's when my shout is the loudest. When the devil wants me to get preoccupied, with my circumstances, what I do is I take my eyes and I put them on God. If I'm ever in a service and I'm tired and I don't feel like worshiping, you know, I can't even, I can't even, mm, I can't even throw one hand up for worship. Do you know what I do? And I've been teaching my kids this. I'm like, when you feel that, you know what you need to say? The devil is a liar. There's power in praise. You don't just sing. You lift both hands. You lift both hands and you start declaring, God. I will praise you. I will worship you. I will make a joyful noise. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. You continue to praise him. I don't know what the devil is trying to get you to settle for. But when you feed on what God has for you, you'll find that you will walk in victory over temptation.